Amen. I love that song. It just reminds me of just everything. What the Lord, He just He always does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So, right now, let's go to the book of First Corinthians, chapter four. First Corinthians, chapter four. This might be a little bit uh, unusual title for a message and just kind of an unusual thought that I want to give you today, but there's a verse in the Bible uh, where it uses the word, and I, I believe this word is, this is the only time it's used in the Bible, but I was reading it and a thought came to my mind and, and a, a question that I want to ask all of you today, and a question I ask myself, and that really is, what kind of show are you putting on? What kind of show are you putting on? Now, usually when we talk about putting on a show, we're talking about play acting, hypocrisy, that's something bad. But no, at the same time, all of us, we really are putting on a production or a show for people. And we see that here in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. Look what it says. It says, For I think that God had set forth us the apostles last, as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels, and a man. That word spectacle there, that the definition is, uh, is, or the Greek word for it was theatron, which is where we get the word theater from. And that word uh, means a place for public show, like a theater, a general audience room, by implication, a show itself. So, I mean, we all know what that's like. You know, to go somewhere and to have a performance to put on or a spectacle that you would see. Uh, a theatrical performance. You've all been to plays and things before. And you go, you watch them and uh, hopefully they're entertaining and you get, you get some enjoyment out of them. And the Bible here, talk, Paul's talking about them as an apostle. He said that we've been made a spectacle to the world and to angels and to men. And I got to thinking about that. I thought... You know, people are watching us, aren't they? People are watching my life. People are watching your life. You all, you watch my life. I watch your lives. We pay, We watch what's going on in each other's lives. I was talking with Brother Lonnie about that yesterday. One thing that I, I do, I watch, I watch everything with people, especially as a pastor. I'm always watching what other pastors are doing because I want to learn from it. I want to see what not to do, and I want to see what to do. And so I'm always watching and they don't realize it, but they're putting on a spectacle for, for me. And I am. I'm watching that. We all do that. You think about the things that we say. Some of the phrases that we have that, you know, it came from a TV show. I, I've got all kinds of phrases that I use that's from some movie. Maybe I watched when I was a kid. One thing that, you know, uh, my kids the other day, uh, they had been watching Old Yeller. And... They realized something after watching Old Yeller where I got a statement that I use all the time. Whenever they start doing stuff that's dumb, you know, I'll tell them, stop acting like you ain't got the brains of a blind goose in a hailstorm. I say that all the time. And I never really told them where it came from. I just, I just say that all the time. And they're like, Dad, did you get that from Old Yeller? It's <laughs> like, yeah, actually, that's where I got it from. And uh, I've always thought that was a funny statement, and I like to use it. I've got all kinds of things like that that I use. Maybe I saw in a performance something I picked up from somebody else. And you know, people, they do. They pick things up from us. Your kids, they pick things up from you. Your friends, your neighbors, uh, other church members. And the Bible says that even angels... Even angels, they're watching us. And they see what's going on. And I, I wonder sometimes, you know, what do they think about my life? 
you know, what kind of a performance, or I guess what kind of show am I putting on? I'm not talking about being fake. Okay, I'm not. I'm not talking about that because they can see through that. If you're putting on, if you're being fake, you're putting on a show of a hypocrite. Okay, and you don't. You don't want to do that. They see. They're seeing what's really going on. People, they see what's going on. And I got. To, and I got to thinking about shows that people watch and shows that people like. And I thought, you know, what genre would my life fit in? What would yours fit in? And I, is your life maybe? Is it a drama? Alright, some people, they're, they're into the dramas. Go to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. So when I, when I say, is your life a drama? I guess when I, when I think of a drama, I, I'm, not, I'm not into the, into the drama stuff very much. You know, I don't, I don't like emotional movies. Uh, if, there's cry, if you're supposed to cry when you watch the movie, I'm not interested, okay? Just, uh, uh, I'd rather not watch that. You know, my wife, she'll be reading a book and crying. It's like, if it's making you cry... I'll just quit reading. <laughs> she enjoys it. <laughs> I, I don't get that some people enjoy the dramas. But is your life this series of you know twists and turns that have come? You know, is it just one? Is your life this roller coaster of emotions? I mean, one day you're just on top of the mountain, but the next day you're down in the valley. You I mean you're in the depths of despair? Does your life involve this large cast of complicated characters? That's, uh, that's what I think of when I think of a drama. And you know, every drama that you watch, basically what it's all about, you'll have somebody on there that's faced with this you know, situation that it's extreme, but it's something that we can all relate to. And they have a moral decision that they have to make. You know, and you know, it, should this guy go after that girl? Should the guy, you know, should she marry this man? And you know, should they and there's always this moral decision that comes up. And usually what happens in the movie they make the wrong decision. They do something, they make the immoral decision, and then the rest of the show is them dealing with the consequences and just trying to figure out how they're going to get through this turmoil and I, you know, how are they going to survive this? Will their marriage be able to handle all that it's going through right now? And if every time you watch these shows, and you know, me, sometimes I just get aggravated. I'm like, you know what? How about they just do the right thing? You know, if they hadn't done, you know, and, and, and I, I ruin movies sometimes. You know, it's like, you know, we'll be starting to watch a movie. A guy and a girl, they, you know, they bump into each other, you know, in a, in a public place and accidentally hit heads on the, wow, I wonder if those two are going to fall in love with each other. You know, and then there's always this, you know, complicated situation that comes up. And then, you know, and it's like, you know, what they should just do is, this, but then that would make a really boring movie, wouldn't it? You know, you need the you need the drama, you need the twists and the turns and the roller coaster of events. But here's the thing: in real life, that's no fun. Okay, in real fun, in real life, when it's you, that's not really what you want. And the truth is, whenever you watch any movie or any you're reading any book that's a drama, if the people would just do the right moral thing, it would have solved all the problems. Of course, then you wouldn't have had a movie. You wouldn't have had a book if they just did the right thing. But you know, Exodus chapter 20, I was thinking about you know, the Ten Commandments. Okay, I mean, really just all the Bible. We see there's consequences for not obeying the Word of God. There is going to be drama when you don't obey the Word of God. It says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above, or that is in the earth beneath, 
uh, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. When you hate God, when you go against the word of God, there's consequences. Sometimes they last for generations. It, it's, it's horrible, the consequences of going against the Word of God. It says in the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. It's all over in the Bible that when you do the wrong thing, there's going to be consequences. If the Bible says, "For be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap destruction. But he that soweth to the spirit shall the spirit reap life everlasting." And you know what? I understand. You know the movie. If they just did the right thing, it'd be a boring movie. Okay, but in real life, okay, we need to just do the right thing. And not, but people, it's like they love drama. They love the drama in their life. They love, it's like they look at themselves like this victim of all these uncontrollable circumstances. Like, you know, if you'd have just done the right thing. I, mean, I promise, you go rob a bank, your life's going to get pretty dramatic. Okay, you're probably going to be on the run for a while. And you're probably going to get caught. And you're going to go to prison. And it's going to be pretty dramatic. They're in prison. A drama. That's no fun. I, I don't want to put on the drama. Okay, I, I don't think that's what God wants from us. Just obey it. Every drama has characters. They have that moral decision to make. They always make the immoral decision. And then they try to figure out how to deal with the consequences. Just obey the Word of God and you can avoid all that drama. I, I, I hate drama. Avoid it. But maybe your life, maybe it's not a drama. Maybe your life, it's a horror movie. Maybe it's a horror movie. Go to Proverbs chapter 7. I want to show you something. Proverbs chapter 7. Because really, so, you know, movies, they're always, they're always in these situations that are just uncontrollable. The, oh, what would we do in that situation? Well, there's really a simple solution to getting out of a lot of these horror movies, to <laughs> getting out of all these difficult situations. It'd make a really boring movie. But here, we're talking about real life today. And yet people live like they're in a horror movie. But in Proverbs chapter 7, he's talking about my son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live in my laws. The apple thine eye. You, know, you follow the word of God. You follow the commandments of God. You're going to be okay. Things are going to be fine. You bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the tables of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister and call understanding thy kinswoman. There's a reason for it. It says that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. There's, there are dangerous things out there. There are wicked people out there. There is evil out there that we can get in trouble. I know there's not monsters or anything, but there's people out there that are pretty horrible. There's some horrible situations that you can get in. And the Bible says here in verse 6, he says, For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and I beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner and went the way to her house. And if you go and you read the rest of that chapter, this woman comes and she seduces him. And Solomon says that I'm seeing this and he doesn't even know that his life is about to be destroyed. He has no idea. He's like an ox going to the slaughter. He is about to ruin his life for good and he has no idea. He's entering into this horrible situation. 
And you know, your life is it a horror movie? Does your life seem to be one of constant tragedy and catastrophe? Well, here's how you get out of a horror movie. Stop going in the dark, scary room with the creepy music playing. <laughs> it's that simple. You ever watch it? If they open that door and they look down that creepy basement and the scary music's going. And they go down there. They hear noise. And they go down there. And you're like, why are they... You know, I, I do stuff like this. Like, Why are they going down in the, that creepy basement while that scary music's going on? Don't they hear the music? That means something bad's going to happen. And the, and the truth, you know, it's a movie. They don't, really, you know, they don't really hear the music. But here's the thing. In real life, when people get themselves in horrible situations... They're doing something almost as obvious as going into a creepy basement with creepy sounds when somebody's been killing everybody and scary music's playing. I mean, you let's just I mean, look at all that goes on just because of drunkenness in our country today. And I know that when people go walking into those bars and things, there's not scary music playing, but there might just as well be. Why are they doing that? And then they go and they'll ruin their life with drugs and alcohol. I mean, drugs, I just cannot believe what a plague it is on our society today. And we see what it does to people, what it turns them into. I mean, it literally turns them into zombies. They look like it. I mean, our kids, we've seen it. We told Allie, look at the zombie. And she thought it was one because it looked like one. We saw a guy the other Sunday night. We were heading home and this guy, he's leaving a bar. He's... I mean, barely able to walk. I mean, it was creepy looking. And he's walking down this dark alley. We were dropping something off by the post office. And, you know, and, the, you know, oh, look, there's another zombie, you know, and well, she believed it. And we went, we drove around to look again. <laughs> and he was, and he, he went, he sat down in the alley and was on the phone calling somebody because he couldn't even walk home, let alone drive home. I mean, but people go and they do that stuff all the time. And it's like, don't they, you know, figuratively, don't they hear the scary music? Don't they see what always happens? Don't these people in these movies realize what happens when you go into the creepy cave? Don't they know what happens when you go down in the creepy basement? Don't you know what happens when you go in that old, abandoned, scary-looking house? Just don't do it. Don't do these things. And many people, they're like, they're, it's like a horror movie. And it could so easily be avoided. Now, I'll say things like, you know, one of these days I'm going to make this movie where there's this haunted house and these people, they break down and they're trying to find help and they go up to this scary house and they look at it and they're like, this place looks haunted. Let's go somewhere else. And that's the end of the movie. Think about it. You know, hey, they didn't have to go through any of that horrible, scary stuff because they did the smart thing and they didn't go in there. But how much money do you think I'm going to make on that movie? <laughs> I'm not going to make anything. But here's the thing. We're talking about real life. We don't want to be in that. We don't want to be in a horror movie. I don't want to be screaming every five minutes and running for my life. I, I don't want that. And yet people, they do these things all the time like they're just begging begging for their life to be a horror movie. And I, I, you know, and I wonder what people see when they... I mean, I, I'm scared for some people. I'm, you, you watch their lives. People that you care about. And that's what happens on movies. You know, they get you caring about these people. They'll show you something from their past. Get you to emotionally connect with them or whatever. And you know what? It's like that in real life. We emotionally connect with people. We care about them. But you see the path that they're going on. And if you ever just... Maybe, maybe you literally... Don't you see where you're going? Don't you see where your life is heading? And you know, I hope my life is not that horror movie for people that care about me. I hope I'm not scaring people. 
with my life because I'm just making one bad decision after another. I don't, I don't want my life to be a horror movie. <coughs> Stop going into those dark, scary rooms. Just drugs, alcohol, immorality, backsliding. Those are scary paths that you don't want to go down. Something bad always happens. But then another kind of spectacle, and I don't know, I kind of like, I like these ones personally, but a comedy. A comedy. Is your life a comedy? And basically, when I think about comedies, you know, I, I loved, I still love, I love Lucy. Anybody, I love Lucy fans in here, alright? Okay, I love Lucy. That was great. Now, what were most of those shows? Lucy would get some idea in her head. Ricky would tell her, don't do that. She would go ahead and do it and get in trouble. And it was the same thing all the time, wasn't it? I love the Andy Griffith show. What were some of the best episodes on there? You know, Barney messing everything up. Andy getting them out of trouble. You know, and, and no matter how many times they did it, it was funny every time how the same stuff kept happening to them over and over again. And is that, is that your life? Is your life one where you just keep having the same problems over and over again? Because here's the thing. It's funny on TV when somebody's having the same problems over and over again, when they keep it, you know, when somebody, you know, Barney keeps locking himself in the jail or whatever, you know, the same, whatever, whatever happens, and Lucy keeps getting herself in some kind of mess where people are still in the same trouble all the time. That's funny on TV because the problem gets solved in a half hour. Okay? But in real life, it's not that funny when we're having the same problems over and over again. And honestly, though some people, I mean, it, I'm not trying to be cruel, but it, it seems it's almost funny the stupidity of their life. I mean, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. Proverbs 26, verse 11. It says, "As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly." You know, some people they're just foolish, and the things that get them in trouble do the same thing. When I, when I had, was in the detention home ministry, I talked to these kids, they're in jail. Teenagers, they're in jail. Why are you in jail? You know, we weren't supposed to ask why they're in jail, but sometimes they tell us. And they tell us why they're in jail. Are you going to make that mistake again? Oh, no. Uh, I'm not coming back. This is my last time here. A month later, they were back again. And some of the kids just over and over again. And some, you know, and some of them, you know, we, were, we, we always tell them, like, listen, it's our goal for us to never see you in here again. So we hope to see you out there. We'll see you. We'd love to see you in church. We don't want to see you in here again. And some they just end up in there over and over. And some and with a few of the kids, it almost got funny. It, it really did. They would they'd come walking in. They just kind of give us this look, like yeah, I'm back. And we just kind of you know we, what is wrong with you <laughs> again? How how could you be? How come you keep doing the same thing? I don't know. I just I just keep doing it. I can't help it. And. It's funny, you know. My, my kids, you know, we love we love watching the Three Stooges, Mab and Costello. I mean, what's the Three Stooges? Every episode is pretty much them just beating each other up. I mean, they're always going to mess. Everything always ends bad for them. And it's funny, but in real life, that kind of thing is not funny. It also says in Proverbs chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-nine, it says, "Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will." Run. Uh, wait, that's not what I want. I'm in twenty-four. Chapter 23, verse 29 says, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. 
they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. You know, that's what, that's what the drunkard does. That's what the drug addict does. They go and they get themselves in a mess, and then they do it again. They seek it again. They go, they go after it again. I remember I was only 16 years old. I, I was working at McDonald's. And one of the girls, she would, she'd come in around the time I was on break. And every, uh, or every Saturday when I would work, you know, she'd come in and she'd always got drunk that Friday night. And she'd come and flop down and, oh, I've got a headache. I got wasted last night. And, you know, I wasn't really impressed by that. But she did that all the time. And then finally, I just had enough. And I said, Every week you come in here and you flop down, you talk about your headache, you talk about how you drank too much, you talk about how you wish you hadn't done it. How about next Friday, you don't do it? I said, do you ever hear me in here complain about my headache? Do you ever hear me complain about my hangover and about how I wish I hadn't done it? Because I didn't do it. So how about if it's that bad, just don't do it anymore? And I don't think she quit drinking, but she quit complaining about her hangover too. <laughs> and, but... I mean, literally, they, they do it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why they want to keep doing it. I don't, I don't get the point in it. But they do. They do it over and over again. And it is sometimes to people watching, you know, unless it's somebody you really love, it's, it's almost funny. It's almost a comedy. I don't know if I want that to be me. I was talking about it in Sunday school. I, mean, I, I know some people, I mean, they've been having the same problem for years and years and years. So now wait a minute, if you've been okay, you know now we've all had bad things happen. You know, like financial for example. Okay, you know, we've had those days and weeks and months where we got set back. Uh, I didn't have a great week myself this week. <laughs> I had I had some truck issues and things and uh, you know, just you, you had one of those weeks. Okay? Those happen to everybody. We have those where we get, you know, shook up a little bit and it's no fun. We've all, we've all had those. But some people, it's every week of their life. It never changes. And then pretty soon you have to say, wait a minute, maybe you're doing something wrong. Maybe you need to change something about your lifestyle. But they never do. If Lucy would have started listening to Ricky, the show wouldn't have been very funny anymore. But the truth is, in real life, if you just start doing the right thing, quit doing these bad things, then you could go on and have a normal life that's not a comedy to everybody else out there. And I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want people laughing at me for the wrong reasons. Pattern your life. You know, some. If your life's a comedy, what's the solution? Change your lifestyle. Pattern your life after the Bible. Pattern your life after people that are doing the right thing. And. You know, if you've got if there's problems that you've been having for 10, 20, 30 years that you've been blaming on everybody else in the world, maybe it's time to say, oh, this might be my fault. Maybe I need to change something. Maybe I got I, this, these 
pattern in my life isn't working out right and I've got to make some adjustments. And in real life, that's what needs to happen if you don't want your life to be a comedy. So then finally, what kind of life should we have? Okay, you, you don't want your life to be a drama. You don't want it to be a horror movie. You don't want it to be a comedy. What kind of spectacle do you put on? We're made a spectacle to men and to angels and to the world. What kind of spectacle do I want to put on? Well, I would like for my life, and I hope you want your life, to be a classic. To be a classic. What's a cla- Is your life one that stands out from the rest during this time? That's what we think when we think of a classic. It's a movie that kind of it separates itself from all the other movies. You know, most movies, they're pretty predictable. Okay, that classic, that's that one though that people remember. There's all kinds that people have seen that everyone forgot about, but there's just those that stood out. It's one that people will remember. Look at Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 23. Ezekiel 22, verse 23. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art... Thou art the land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things and they have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated My law and have profaned My holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from My Sabbath and I and profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. Her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortars, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken, the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. So Israel, they're doing really bad here. Very wicked during this time. And listen to what God says. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. There was nobody that stood out. It says, Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. God was looking for somebody that was different. Somebody that would stand in the gap, that would make up that hedge. And sadly, we see here, during this time, God says, I found none. God found none. And I don't want that to be said about my generation while I'm alive on earth. I want to be one that stands out from the rest. I want my life to be one that will be remembered. I want our church to stand out from the rest. I want it to be one that is going to be remembered. Also in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Well, I'm in Ecclesiastes. Having trouble finding my passages today. It says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. God was looking for somebody then. Isaiah, he volunteered. And God used him. God used Isaiah in a, in a great way. And that ought to be our attitude. Lord, send me. God today is looking for people that will make a difference. God's looking for people that aren't going to just go with the flow. It's amazing. I mean, people these days... You know, in our country today, they're always talking about diversity, but there's really not that much diversity 
everybody acts alike, everybody looks alike, wear the same things, do the same things. I mean, there seems to be less, to me, there's less and less diversity in America today. I mean, we're just all becoming the same goofy looking, I don't know what to call us. I mean, it's just, it's amazing uh, how, you know, much everybody's becoming alike. And I'm not talking about it in a good way. I mean, you know, God's looking for somebody to stand in the gap, make a difference. I mean, me personally, I I don't want to be like everybody else. If everybody starts doing something that I'm already doing, I'm probably going to start doing something else. Because usually the you know the crowd's doing the wrong thing, and uh, the truth is, just like most movies are very predictable, those ones that are remembered are the ones that actually shock people. Ones that stood out, that maybe it wasn't what people were expecting. And you know, there's certain things that you can you can just expect from people today. You can expect people to let you down. You can expect people to disappoint you. You can ex- usually expect people to do the wrong thing and that uh, their life to be a drama or a horror movie or a comedy. You can just expect that. And usually you won't be disappointed if you expect the wrong thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be... I don't think I'm a very cynical person or anything, but you know, when we were living in town in Sterling, I did an experiment in our neighborhood. We had a bike we wanted to get rid of. And I was like, you know what? Let's just set it out in our yard and see if someone steals it. And you know what? They did. But it was so crummy, they dumped it only like two houses down and the neighbor told us about it and we got it back. And so it didn't do, it didn't, it, it didn't do any good. But you know what? I was like, I'll, I'll bet somebody will steal it. And they, and they did. And people, they usually don't disappoint you. because <laughs> And usually our expectations are, are pretty low. But if you want your life to be a classic, you've got to be the one that stands out. You've got to do what people don't expect you to do. When, they, when something happens at work and that person's expecting you to give them an earful because maybe they deserve it and you don't. You show kindness to them. You don't give them what they deserve. That's the kind of thing that's going to make you stand out a little bit. When you're the kind of person that, you know, that is a help, like Christ says, love your enemies. Jesus said to be a light to the world. Let your light so shine before men. How do we do that? By following the commands of the Bible. By following Christ. You be that one person that you that at work that doesn't use profanity. You be that one person at work that just shows kindness to everybody and is tender-hearted, forgiving. All those things like the Bible teaches. If you would be the one to do those things, you're going to be the one that's going to be remembered. You're going to be the classic. And that's what... God was looking for there. And Ezekiel unfortunately didn't find it. He did find one during Isaiah's time. And I believe today that God is looking for people that are going to, that are going to make a difference. We need people to make a difference in this community. We need, we need politi- I wish we would get a politician that wasn't so predictable. I mean, you can predict everything they're going to do. You can predict everything they're going to say based on their party. I wish one would just get out there one of these days and just shock everybody and do the right thing. And stop going with along the party lines and all that stuff. But nobody does. It's so hard to find that one that stands out. And it is people, and you all know what I'm talking about. It is you. You can predict what most people are going to do these days. And the Bible said there in First Corinthians chapter four. He says, "He said we're made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men." I wonder what what does the world think when they see Christian people as a whole? What do individual men think when they see your life? 
Does it, does it stand out? Is it making a difference? What do the angels think? They know that we claim to be children of God. They know how much God loves us. And yet they see our lack of faith that we have. They, they, they see we've got the Scriptures. They know we don't have any excuse to doubt God. But yet we do. What, what do they think sometimes about us? And you know, sometimes we just we get all caught up in our own little bubble and our own little world and we think that what we do doesn't matter to anybody. But I don't believe that's the case with anyone in here. I believe everyone, your life matters to someone and to many people. There's more people watching you than you think. And we need to remember that and set a better example. Why you know, go to the mall this afternoon and just watch people and look at some of the goofy things people wear. And ask yourself, you know, why do they wear that? Some Hollywood person probably did. They started wearing it and then, oh, and everybody started doing it. They just, they followed. They saw somebody else do it. We need some people that will do the right thing and others will pick up on it. We need to make a difference, stand in a gap. So let's all stand together. It's one of their heads bowed and eyes closed.